This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. My so. belief is favored to overcome you. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. So um, I agree actually with him. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Dang it, dang it, Kyle. I picked you in my bracket. Don't let me down. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello and welcome back to Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. Wow, you got it right. <laughs> well done. I've been practicing. I've been I've been sitting here in front of my microphone. How now, Brown Cow? You can't see us, but we're all, we all cheered silently. Notorious right. scoundrels. Um, yeah, uh, I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David. How are you guys doing? What's up? Doing good, good man. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple things today. Uh, later in the show, we have the illustrious Davis Kingsley on to talk about his Invader League list um, and how to Tauntaun. Uh, we've talked a lot about Tauntauns, but it occurs to us that we've never actually talked about how to do, use them effectively. So um, we're going to have Davis on to talk about that. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to talk uh, about Droidicas, which we've postponed, what, like four times now? Probably. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, in our defense, we've been talking about other, other Separatist things sprinkled in there. Um, but yeah, we're actually going to talk about Droidicas today. Uh, and then I'm going to talk super briefly about my Invader League list, and you guys can roast me for various reasons on that. So. Yep. <laughs> Fun fact, it does not include Jyn or so. Uh, sorry, Facebook. Yeah, sorry, Facebook. Um, yeah, I just, I just need to know. People are to take Jyn or so anyway. The reason that I did a poll was because Kyle's I couldn't decide. Kyle's a liar. <laughs> you know, there's this, there's this psychological concept that, uh, like, if you flip a coin or do a poll or something, um, it tells you what you really want, right? So... Uh, I couldn't really decide. I thought Jin would be interesting. Facebook so, picked Jin, and then I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to play Jin. <laughs> I don't just to be clear, everybody, he decided that instead of flipping a coin, he was going to publicly ask everybody what they wanted him to play and then disappoint us all. <laughs> that's Yes, that's accurate. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad. So what you're saying is the poll result lets you know what the wrong choice was. Uh, well, it let me know what I... Um, what I really wanted to do, which was um, not play Jyn Erso. <laughs> yeah, I got mean, I've got I've got a total of like like two games with Jen. so um, so he doesn't even yeah. know if she's bad or not. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, he's only played two yeah. games with her. How can he Accurate. know? That's that's true. Um, and uh, I know I I know I did an entirely new faction cold last Invader League, but I'm <laughs> this this time I was I feel like just should play something I'm a little more comfortable with. So you're not quite as confident that Jin can duplicate the result you had with Bosk. So something like that. Um, I, in all seriousness, I actually think Jin is pretty good against um, like uh, Empire. Um, simply, yeah. <laughs> the struggle to find a word there was great. <laughs> yeah. Jin is good against um, mm, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, look, she's, she's, Especially like in a Jedi Luke list, this is why I thought of her in the first place in this context. Because in a Jedi Luke list, you've got to take a commander, right? Um, yeah, right. Rebel officer is bad. So your choice is yeah. basically rebel officer plus like a Z6 or something else that costs roughly 60 points or Jin. Um, 
and Jen has a better courage. She has a very good, decent range three gun with Pierce, um, and she's a pain in the butt on objectives. So, you know, if if you essentially say that like the fifty points you're paying for rebel officers like dead, you know, straight up tax, um, you know, you're basically paying sixty points for Jen in that kind of. I don't know. I think that um, you know. We haven't seen R2-D2 and C-3PO hit the table yet, but the Rebel Officer is not that much different than R2-D2, C-3PO, and a Operative Luke list. Um, yeah, I mean, he can't score the secret mission objective. Um, sure. And, you know, you don't get that aim token unless you give him, like, Binox or something. But, like, the whole reason no. that you're taking that action in the first place is to give him the dodge token. Like, yeah. the aim token is just, like, a nice benefit. Yeah. You can have me hot take the rebel officer next week if you want, because okay. I have opinions on the so subject. So let's as well. do it. Yeah. All right. Next Tune week. in next week. Uh, he has an art. He has an alt art. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. He does. All right. So that recommends, actually, that recommends I, 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 I him for her. the rebel officer uh, in my list. <laughs> I wanted to. Ultimately, I decided that I wanted to run Jedi Luke because I've been wanting to run Jedi Luke forever. Now I can do that. Um, so uh, I picked Jedi Luke. I gave him um, push, saber throw, and Jedi mind trick. I took a rebel officer because you have to take a commander. Um, I took five Z6s, an FD turret. Um, so I did do that Facebook. Got that part. Uh, and uh, Oh, Kyle keeps his promises. <laughs> Man. And, uh, yeah. and three snipers because every list I make has three snipers on it. You know, do you ever tell your kids that you like take them to Disney World and then you like take them to the playground instead? And we're like, oh, well, we we're gonna go play someplace fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, my my daughter is only three, but she's extremely good at keeping me accountable. She will she will remember like days later if I say that we're gonna do something and we don't. So, okay, um, all right, and uh, she will let you let you know that she's unhappy about it. So, well, I'm unhappy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay says at least someone does. Uh, <laughs> brutal. Um, well, I didn't tell my three-year-old daughter I was going to play Jenner, so so that makes it clearly <laughs> that makes it a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, we'll see. It's um, I actually don't feel super great about the list. I uh, it's a little bit of an experiment to see if I can handle. Um, you know the big the big bads, um, shotgun lines and triple tauntauns with what is basically a more traditional rebel list, but with Jedi Luke instead of Commander Luke. Yeah, I mean the reason you feel like not so great about it is because it's probably worse than if Jin was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you, but it's definitely something that I'm more used to. So well, you know, um, at the end of the day, I chose what I was comfortable with. You took one support option in the rebel faction. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, Tauntauns and Rotaries are good. Um, but I want to be a little different, I guess. And, uh, you know, true to myself, which is what I ended up picking. So the reports of the FD cannon's demise are greatly exaggerated. Oh, the FD cannon is great. Yeah, yeah there's no question. Um, yeah, range five FD is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it makes a huge difference. It really does. Um, uh, yeah, your list. I don't know, dude. Why don't, you, why don't you go over it? Why don't you just just hit it? I just I just did. It's uh, he just did. Yeah. 
right. In totality, or was I just like so rage focused on the fact that you lied to us? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you. I think you. You saw red there for a little bit. Yeah, I hit all of it. Yeah, I always see red. All right, fine. Yeah, it's a it's a defensive, um, traditional, like rebel gunline basically with Jedi Luke. So we'll see. I got three range five options. Um, I'm actually more worried about Tauntauns than I am about Empire lists with Shores. Uh, depending on what terrain looks like, of course. Um, but uh, at least if I got some line of sight blockers up there, I hope as I can get Jedi Luke in the mix and uh, wreck some stuff. So the list is definitely going to succeed or fail on the back of Jedi Luke's lightsaber. That's for sure. Um, more so than you know, even a traditional like Wonder Twins Commander Luke list. Um, but I love me some Jedi Luke. He's got you know, six command cards to work with now. Um, and I'm comfortable with them, so. I'm glad you're comfortable, Kyle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's going to be fun. It's, uh, it's, it's a list that I enjoy playing, so. Hopefully I'll get when you put down the shovel and talk about Jordicus. Yeah, hopefully I'll get to play it for more than one game. Um, yeah, let's talk about Jordicus. It's time for Legion 101. Class is in session. Yeah, so Droidicas, um, they're the only sport choice for separatists. Uh, they're they're quite solid. They're um, we use them in our sort of what was this two episodes ago now? Our Clone Wars. Why you gotta keep bringing this up? I don't understand. (laughs) Hey, we're talking about Droidicas. That's uh, that's the last time we had Droidicas. So yeah, Yeah, last time last time uh, they were uh, they were uh, beating up some clones pretty good with those suppressive guns. So you you guys are you guys are both essentially clones players. Um, Mike's like this interview is over. (laughs) So I'm gonna be honest, I. Yes, I'm I'm a clones player, I guess. However, I've been putting together those battle droids, and man, um, I might be I might be switching sides here. Um, <laughs> you mean uh, so? Are you talking about the experience of putting together together the battle droids, or how they look, or what? Both, all of the above. I actually enjoyed putting the battle droids together um, very much. I okay. miss I miss Spurs. A lot. I miss customization. I miss all that jazz. Not to get too far off the topic of Jordan. Take that, Legion community. No, yeah. I think I think this is slightly on topic because I know that yeah. uh, the battle droids are very polarizing as far as assembly is concerned. So, so please now, continue. I will say that the droidekas, since we're talking about them, were less fun, and that's because they weren't really that. So they're on sprues, but they're not super customizable. Um, like their guns and everything were just the way that they are put together. Um, there's no real joints that you can kind of mess with to make them look kind of funky or weird. Like the arms aren't like posable at all. It's kind of all on one chassis, um, which is fine. Like, don't get me wrong. The models look sweet. Uh, so I'm not really complaining, but I did enjoy the B ones a lot more. Um, and Grievous is dope. Um, yep. How'd like, you build, how'd you build your Grievous? My Grievous has four lightsabers and a cloak, um, which, if you look really close, looks a little bit wonky, but I've got two more Grievouses to put together, so I'll, you know, put together one that actually fits together. Like, there's if you the cloak doesn't actually fit on the model tightly if you put four lightsabers on them, um, 
but I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, but in any case, it was super fun, and I am probably going to play CIS a lot more than I thought it was. Yeah, they're really fun. Um, and yeah, when I saw the hard plastic, that uh, that was actually the single thing that sold me on them, um, and made me excited about them. So yeah, I just like I've got a horde of B one battle droids next to me, and I'm like looking at them, and I'm like, all right, this is the army I actually want to play. Yep. So yeah, they look great. Um, so yeah, those droidicas, um, they're, uh, they have a, a six dice pool. If you have both of them, four black, two red, um, no surge. Uh, so it's a, it's a pool with a lot of like high quality dice in it. Some of which are going to miss. Um, yes. and also they don't have surge. So, um, let's talk about real quick, what upgrades to give them. They only have one slot that you can use. Um, yeah, I think it's link targeting array and it's not close. Right, I agree. Yeah. Um, I could see some situations where you might want uplink, but um, link targeting where is cheaper and you can usually manage, you know, you can put your uplinks on your B1s and then just give your orders to your droidicas. Um, we've talked about how to do this. Um, Jay talked about it actually in an article about separatists. Um, and then if you watch our uh, battle report, which I'm sure I haven't mentioned yet, but uh, um, <laughs> you can see me doing this also. <laughs> Um, and proxy link target. You all can't see me. But I have the eyes of a Sith Lord boring into Kyle's skull right now. Um, yeah, you can uh, you can get him orders on most turns, um, even if you have to like have Grievous in in the bag by himself to get the orders. Like on your on your push turn, for example, you know you've got two orders. Give those two orders to the Decas. Um, uplink your B ones and then throw throw Grievous in the bag by himself just to proc that link targeting array. You can manage link targeting array on uh, four out of six turns, basically. Yeah, which is um, um, which is definitely enough for those five points. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, like right now we've we've just got like commanders for CIS. If there's ever like a list that has an operative in it, you probably either don't want to take Droidekas or don't want to take LTAs linked targeting arrays on them. Um, but like, it's pretty easy, like even on the one pip turns to just have droidekas in your bag. So, right. You know, it's also not that difficult to aim shoot with them, right? Cause they have range three anyway. Well, but they need a face up to do that because they have AI. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. Which is the other thing that like, I mean, aim, aim, shoot, like with link targeting array included is like also not terrible. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They so the reason that aims are so decent on them is because they, you know, they have essentially like a, they're one, they're one white dice short of a death trooper pool. No, they don't surge. Um, yeah, I was gonna say sort of. They're sort, sort of. of a death yeah. Pool. So the other reason that face ups on them are so important is because they really want surge tokens for, um, yeah. for that attack pool from aggressive tactics. But if they have a surge token, um, you know, you give them that free aim. They're, you know, they don't have precise two either, like Death Troopers do. But it makes their pool a lot stronger. It makes a big difference. Um, yeah. You know, try and both try in both ways. But like with link targeting array and prioritizing giving them face ups with aggressive tactics, it really makes a big difference with with their fire. Yeah, one oh one oh five is very competitively costed, I think, as well. Yep. For what uh, they bring to the table. Yep. <clears throat> Um, a couple things with just like how to use them. I usually set them up. Um, I actually kind of think of them a little bit like speeder bikes, but slow speeder bikes. So they can actually flank because of they're pretty fast in a roll mode. 
they're actually just as fast as a speeder bike in roll mode. Um, usually I set them up along a flanking line, you know, not far from my main force, um, like no more than, you know, range one from the end of my B1 line, but in a position where they can potentially get some more interesting angles. Um, and then I generally, uh, you know, unless things get mixed up really fast, um, use roll mode first turn to get them into a good position. Again, not too far out ahead. You don't want them to be the only thing that your opponent has to shoot at. But you want some good angles where you can just aim shoot um, or, you know, shoot move or move shoot uh, with those suppressive guns. Um, we should mention that wheel mode or roll mode shuts off their shield. It does. Yeah. And I think it, as long as we're talking about wheel mode slash roll mode um, competitively, I think it's also worthy of note. I know that there's an extra two models in the box to show that they're in wheel mode if you're playing in a competitive tournament use the token do not replace those models yep yeah like replacing models always gets weird um because you're picking up a model now when you're when you're moving them like when you're putting them into wheel mode it's actually fine because you just put the wheel mode dude at the end of the template and then you have it yeah but as like then you need to swap them out at the end of the turn and um you know, yeah, it gets a little wonky. It gets a little weird. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would personally just use the wheel mode token. I will also say that the rolly mode droidicas are a pain in the butt to put together. <laughs> I, I actually, those are still all on sprues because I was like, I'm never going to use these. I'm just going to use the token, so no big deal. Yeah, I would leave them there. Um, not that it's not a cool idea, uh, but man, they were a pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> like even more so than the standing up ones just think yeah. like how many pieces the standing up ones are and then like everything is tighter and smaller and rolled up in a ball um, yeah 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 so um, yeah just that's our that's my recommendation anyway um, and Mike's clearly uh, just use the wheel mode token um, so yeah their shields are shut off in wheel mode so don't do it like in a position where they're vulnerable they do get t- cover too but you want to be using them in a situation where they're getting cover two anyway um like if they're ever going to get shot you want them to have cover two plus shields um and they do in fact get cover from things like barricades so um, they get cover from most things that troopers do and um uh you know like any other two model or multi-model unit um you can use cohesion to assist that so um you know dropping your dropping your second droidica behind something uh, to get cover um, is definitely an important skill to develop. Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb in regards to droidekas and wheel mode specifically is to not use it if you can get shot at. Yep. Like if somebody's going to fire at you, you should never use wheel mode. And, and never is probably a little bit too strong, but like 98% of the time, if you're going to take return fire after your activation, you should not use wheel mode. Yep. In Unless your shields are already depleted, in which case it's a little bit of a moot point. But well, and if that's the case, you're probably so close that you don't have to use wheel mode, unless you're trying right, to score on breakthrough or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, just generally, if you're gonna fire or if you're gonna like be in the middle of engaging, like you should not be using wheel mode generally. It's also worthy to note that when you engage wheel mode, you can also use it to extract. So when you if you think your droidekas are, you know, low on shield and about to get blown up, you could actually enter wheel mode, then reverse at speed two, 
yep. to run behind a piece of line of sight, blocking terrain, and then wait a turn or, or wait a couple of turns to recharge your shields. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely thing I've seen done. Yep. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. my hypothetical attack sequence goes wheel mode to line of sight, block last, then on the turn start, issue orders, get the aim token, move around the corner and fire with your aim yeah. and surge. Yep. Totally. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then if you're in a safe position, stay there and keep firing. If not, you know, back back right up. And then bug out with your reverse move, or you might not even need to wheel at that point. Yep. Yeah, because once um once Droidicas lose their shields, they're uh, they drop real fast. Yeah, they're vulnerable. I mean, they're basically yeah. rebel troopers when they don't have shields. So, but in the meantime, it's, it's their shields can't. Be, in the meantime, their shields can't be pierced. So yes, also great. Yep. Yeah, they're really tough with their shields and really weak when they don't have them. So um, that's also a, a uh, you know, like usually you want the, you, you don't want them to go first and then be stuck in a position where they can be shot for the rest of the turn. Um, like I usually, even if even if my droidicas are sort of in the mix, I usually wait until like it's clear what my opponent is targeting. Uh, and if they're not targeting my droidicas, then I'll go with them. If they are, then I'll go with them and shoot and back away. Um, which you can afford to do if you have link targeting right because you have that aim token already so you just attack and then move um, so um, yeah definitely don't overestimate how tough they are uh, because they, they can fold real quick if you leave them out there a, a good way to look at it is if if they the shields are like worth one attack yep right like they're gonna they're gonna negate one full attack ish um, so if you're put your droid deck is in a position where they can take two full attacks, you need to understand that they're probably going to take some damage minimally. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about sort of, um, in previous, uh, casts about like Bosk, who is sort of in a similar position, right? He has so much, he has a lot of health and he has regenerate, which means he can usually like eat one attack, but then you need to hide him behind something after that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same story with Trader because they can eat one attack with their shields. But once their shields are down, they'll melt real fast if you don't have them behind something. So, um, as far as objectives, they're good on uh, key positions and breakthrough because you can use a wheel mode to score with breakthrough. Um, you know, yeah, opponent, I like them on intercept too. Uh, yeah, just because they're good, so good at zoning. Yeah, yeah, they're just like they kind of like move up, uh, project this range three bubble, suppressive bubble, and they're kind of at least at the moment, I think they're a little intimidating. Um, yep, they have a strong suppressive dice pool, so yeah, they hit real hard. I noticed that playing for the first time as Rebels against them, I was like, oh, this deck is shooting me. Oh my god, it passed four hits through cover. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, this is not great. Oh, I just lost half a squad. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seems good. Yep. Um, you can also use them for blocking if you're facing something like, uh, you know, like a creature trooper, Tauntauns or Dubex. Um, you know, you can use them to to shove them in those, in those lanes to make sure that the creature troopers can't access your B1s. Um, you know, their vehicles so they can't be engaged. So if the Tauntauns charge them, uh, then you can shoot them. So, yeah, that's a very important, at least where things are right now, very important feature of Droidicus. 
Also. Yeah, using those roadblocks against creatures charging you. Yep. All right, you guys got anything else to say about Jordicus? Uh, if you're playing CIS, you have to take them. So play them. They're great. Yep. Yeah, I used them. I used them last weekend, uh, two weekends ago in that tournament. Um, and they're there's something that uh, you're not like, man, that's too bad. I have to take a couple of these because they're actually pretty good. So. Yeah, they have like a tauntaun effect because, you know, you've got 50 droid bodies standing behind them or however many you have, 48. So, you know, they're very threatening. So use that threat, like create tension between is my opponent going to work on chipping me down, you know, so I don't have like 40 droids in the on turn six or is he going to leave me with two droidicas that are like mostly full? Your opponent has to choose which is the greater threat. And I think droidicas are very capable of being that threat. Yep. All right. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Droidicus? No man, I think we've I think we've covered the basics. Sweet. Um, well, we do have an interview with Mr. Davis Kingsley, so let's jump. Uh, you you're, you're going to say something or? Uh, you no, I was well. Thing? I was I was going to say that you remember that we had an interview today. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. You guys are you guys impressed? That I didn't just go straight into sign off. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's do our interview with Davis. And we're back with Davis Kingsley, two time Invader League champion and uh, world's qualifier, slash uh, went undefeated at high command last year. How are you doing, Davis? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? We're doing well. It is a um, gloomy Monday, as Mike described it already uh it's good, getting dark earlier now that we got daylight savings i'm sure it's not yep. that way yet in california so no uh, it's a little it's a, yeah. it's not great i mean you guys know by california standards not great is like oh no it's like 60 degrees and there's clouds so oh. doesn't have to do with the fires though yeah not not this time anyway no, the fire the smoke has subsided at this phase excellent at least where i'm at so this is like our quarterly Davis Kingsley interview. I feel like we have you on like every every couple months or so. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe I only do something that's like relevant in this game every couple months. <laughs> I think you're probably actually, I think we've had you on more than any other individual guests at this point. Oh, yeah. I thought you guys had had Brandon on a few times. Uh, maybe I'm mixed up. I don't really... I know he's done several interviews, but I'm not sure with who. Yeah, he just he just makes the rounds. He's been on Jay's cast a couple times. Oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um. Anyway, uh, so you are in Invader League, um, and uh, Eliminations has started today. When we're recording this, we're recording on Monday night. Um, we'll be well underway by the time people hear this. And uh, you're bringing a very interesting list, which um, I got a chance to see in action last week against Starscream and Round Robin, but it's, it's basically, well, why don't you, why don't you talk about your eliminations list for Invader League first and tell people maybe how you arrived on it and how it works. Yeah. So I'm running a, it's a fairly standard list, you know, it's a, um, in terms of like the fundamental stuff of, you know, you have Leia, you have R2, you have three Tauntauns, all the Tauntauns. Leia has strict orders, all the Tauntauns have tenacity, one of them has comms jammer. 
or sorry, two, one of them has HQ uplink, two of them have comms jammers. I think that core is like something that a lot of lists should be thinking about because R, uh, R2 is really good if you have other stuff that's aggressive because he can kind of sneak in there and either score you the other point or force them to divert some attention. And you have a lot of tauntauns that are sort of demanding that they respond to them. So it's nice to have R2 sneaking around in there. Leia, uh, No Time for Sorrows, has huge synergy with tauntauns because... It allows them to trigger reposition and agile, so they get a free move, which can include a pivot, and they get a free dodge when you do this. And so with the HQ uplink, you can use No Time for Sorrows. Leia gives orders to the two jammer tons. The other one pops its HQ uplink, and then you have three tauntaun units that start the turn with a dodge and pretty quickly can get in there and start messing stuff up. Um, the big difference between my list and some of the lists that I was playing earlier is that I don't have any... like. I don't have like a core gunline element in the way that a lot of lists do. I only have three Rebel Troopers. They have no upgrades. You know, I'm not running Z6s. I'm not running the new DLT heavy weapon. It's just three basic Rebel Troopers with no upgrades. And then I have three sniper teams and Chewbacca to round out the rest of the list. So it does end up being a 12 activation list. Uh, this is also strong because Tauntauns often want to stall you. Uh, you can kind of do a last first thing where you're going to try to delay all your tauntauns so your opponent doesn't get shots on them. And then at the last moment, you're going to rush in there at uh, once they've already gone with several other units. And then the next turn, you do that no time for sorrows and you attack aggressively. Um, so I think this is a pretty strong list. I think the increased activation count is good. I also noticed that the rebel troopers with the Z6s uh, you know, they're not a bad unit, they're they're decent, but I was noticing that against the Shore Trooper aggressive tactics, comms relay type builds, they're just not really competitive with that. The um, I think Shore Troopers are kind of unbalanced right now. I think aggressive tactics is very unbalanced right now. I think aggressive tactics should cost like 25 points or more. Um, and, you know, you're just not, you know, it's not going to be a very efficient trade. So... Because of that, I was like, what if we just ignore that side of the game completely and we take another sniper and we take Chewie? You know, that's going to add some pierce to the list with three snipers and Chewie. You're going to win the like sniper duel if it comes to that. And you have a lot of ability to uh, go out there and do objectives with your three rebel trooper squads uh, freed up to basically just go and hide behind things and run to the relevant places and all of that. So it's a, you know, it's a pretty cool list. I think I like it. Um, I think that it's, uh, that being said, I think that the rebel troopers with no heavy weapons, I, it's entirely possible to me that you want to take heavy weapons with the rebel DLT, which allows you to do kind of some of your own long distance pot shots and be a little more conservative with them while still doing some damage. But I don't really know whether or not that's, uh, going to be the case. I didn't really have any test games with that weapon, uh, on tabletop simulator before the lists were due. They were, uh, the weapon was only implemented like yesterday or something. And because of that, I was like, I'm going to go with the list that I'm more familiar with. But I think it's entirely conceivable that a list where instead it's like uh, Leia R2, you don't take Chewie, you have like four Rebel deal, like four Rebel DLTs, two snipers, three Tauntauns. Uh, I think that's 11 activations, but I think it might be better. You know, it's one of those things that I would have to test out. Yeah, and for those that don't play on TTS... Um... You know, TTS uses basically anything that's been like officially spoiled. Um, so things like R2, uh, you know, to the extent that we have like one of his um, command cards and then, uh, you know, the specialist pack weapons to include the Rebel DLT are all legal for Invader League. Um, so, you know, for those of you that uh, don't play on TTS, of course, you could easily proxy those things. Um, 
but yeah, for, for TTS, we use some stuff that has not been actually released yet. Yeah, and for those who might not have seen the preview article, the Rebel DLT is two black dice, one white die, critical one, range four, and I think it costs 26 points, but I might have that cost wrong. No, that's right. No, 26 is right. Yep. Yeah, so for four points over a Z6, uh, you have, I believe, I, I believe it's the uh, the same expected damage before you take uh, critical into consideration, and critical, of course, adds significant damage. And you also have longer range, the downside being that you have uh, fewer dice, but I don't know. You know, I think the I think the high upside of the Z6 is not all that much an advantage. I like the D, I like the DLT as something that does a bit more damage, can do the long range shots, and it's also more reliable. Yeah, it's just a question of whether you can find those extra four points per Rebel Trooper squad or not. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then there's also that other new Rebel heavy weapon, the shotgun thing that Chewie uses in the Solo movie. Um, yep, that's twenty one. Yeah, that one has like ridiculous efficiency, but it only but it uh, only has range two. I think it's like twenty points and two red, two white at range one to two, so it's more damage than the Z six, and it costs less, and it also has impact one. But the downside is, of course, that you only have range two. But if you're going to get in there, that thing is very efficient. Yeah, and you're still throwing five black dice at range three, unlike fleet troopers who are throwing no right. dice at range three. So. Yeah, if it had if it had Pierce instead of Impact, I think it would just be insane. Um, impact is, I think, a significantly worse keyword than Pierce, but there is more armor these days, so we could see that paying off. Seems like a nice little, you know, maybe you need to cut two points for a bit or something, and you want like a, a quick and easy linebacker <laughs> unit. Seems decent for that purpose. Hmm. Um, you got any uh, any Invader League predictions? Yeah, I mean, I did a I did a bracket um, somewhere. Uh, I mean, so I think that the Invader League it's going to be interesting. I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. I know there's been a lot of discussion of Tauntauns. I actually don't know how well Tauntauns are going to do in the league. I think they might not do as well as people expect, and the reason for that is that a lot of the Tauntaun lists, in my opinion, aren't necessarily playing to the strength of the Tauntauns. And like, no disrespect to other people's lists and so on. But my concept is very much that Tauntaun lists want to have a high activation count if possible so that you can take advantage of your speed and kind of do a last first type thing. We're seeing some of these lists at like 10 or even 9 activations, which I think is not really the way that you want to go. I could be wrong. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. But um, I was surprised both by the fact that there weren't as many lists with two or three Tauntauns as expected. I think there's... 17 rebels and 10 of them have two or three tauntauns but i think very few of them have like what i would consider the best way to run a three tauntaun list but it's also possible that i'm wrong so you know we'll have to see how it goes i'll go echo your sentiment and say that my experiments with nine and ten tauntaun lists didn't go so hot so i don't think you're you're off the mark with your your statement there yeah i think tauntauns are really strong don't get me wrong but i think that the um I think the strongest configuration of them is a list that has three Tauntauns and at least 11 activations. And I think you really want Leia in there also because of how good No Time for Sorrows is with them. And also because she allows you to take strict orders, which is itself very useful. Um, 
but I think that, you know, not all the lists have, not all the lists have what my preferred configuration would be. It's kind of interesting because a very high percentage of the Imperial lists are using like short tripper relay abuse and aggressive tactics and stuff like that. I think almost all the Imperial lists have uh, short troopers. Um, I'm not sure how many of them also have the relays and aggressive tactics and stuff, but I think the, um, I, I don't think Tauntauns are very balanced, quite frankly. Uh, but I don't know whether or not the league results are going to demonstrate that. Of course, we also had that game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which of you, did you guys did you guys watch that game? The one that I streamed with the air speeders and stuff. Uh, uh, it was Stevens Nima versus, versus Nima. Yeah, yeah. So in that game, you can watch the vod on my Twitch channel at Twitch.tv/slash Tower Number Nine. But for those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, you know, if you don't want spoilers, just like skip ahead by a minute or two in this in this podcast. But uh, the short version is that Stevens was playing a list that had two airspeeders and two tauntauns and an FD. And he kind of blundered with his airspeeders and FD and lost them, inflicting minimal damage. Uh, both the airspeeders and his FD were dead uh, early in like turn three or something. And despite that, his two Tauntaun riders like carried the game completely and gave it to him because of the bizarre situation where Tauntauns can charge emplacements and the emplacements can't withdraw. Uh, it allowed him to get stuck in there. You know, he was doing damage. He had comms jammers disrupting Nima's stuff. And there just wasn't a lot that could be done about those Tauntauns once they got in there. And... You know, we could see a similar thing where even if the other aspects of the lists aren't that good, the Tauntauns are strong enough to carry it. But I personally think that the Tauntauns aren't going to do quite as well as some might be expecting and or fearing. Yeah, so just real quick, that emplacement rule you're referencing is um, when withdrawing, you can't use like any free actions or abilities and emplacements cannot uh, move through creature troopers. So if you engage yeah. an emplacement with a Tauntaun, uh, in its front arc, then it de facto can't withdraw because the only direction it can withdraw is forward and it can't move into the Tauntaun that it's engaged with. So, yep. It's a, that's an unfortunate situation. Uh, I hope that they change it. I think it's very gamey and it's actually one of the reasons I do think Tauntauns are actually advantaged against the Shore Trooper lists that some people have been running. And one of the reasons is that the Shore Trooper mortars are like awful against Tauntauns. It's like, they often don't get a chance to shoot if the Tauntauns are being run properly because of their minimum range. Uh, when they do shoot, it doesn't do all that much. Like, yes, they can suppress you, but if you have strict orders, you know, you can take a hit from a suppressive weapon, use strict orders, and still get a full activation. And then they allow you to get stuck into combat and they can't escape so that they can't let their, you know, all their short trooper DLT squad shoot you. You know, once you're in, you're in. And furthermore, the relay trick is disrupted by comms jammers. So there's just kind of a, it's weird. It's, it's almost a perfect storm of those short trooper mortars being countered by Tauntauns, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's probably why you're seeing, um, you know, more shoreline players running Imperial Royal Guards, so they at least have something to do about the Tauntauns when they get in there against the mortars. Yeah, that's a strong list. Several players are running a list where it's like uh, Krennic, Aggressive Tactics and Strict Orders, three units of short troopers with T21, three mortars with comms relays, one death trooper with the death trooper DLT and with the configuration and with a comms relay uh, and a Royal guard with an electro staff and then like two snipers. It's something like that. I think there might be like small differences in upgrades. 
Um, but I think that's a pretty strong list. You know, you have the three, the three short troopers are kind of like mini death troopers with aggressive tactics in play. You have the death troopers, you know, you're a little light on like core elements, but your Imperial Royal Guard can take some hits for you. And they, you have those as like a counter charge element uh, against the armies that are like pure gun lines. Um, if you get your Tauntauns into melee with one of their emplacement troopers, uh, the Tauntauns are basically safe and there's very little that they can do. It's also worth noting that short troopers uh, punch less hard than storms in melee, so it's compounded yet again by yeah, that's short true. troopers being what they are. Yeah, short troopers are not only more expensive than storm troopers, they also don't have an attack surge, so their melee attack is weaker. And furthermore, you might think that the aim would mitigate it, but if you're running comms jammer, it's infrequent that they would get a chance to get the aim. Though sometimes people are using like comms text with HQ uplinks in their short trooper units, which would allow them to uh, nevertheless get orders even if jammed. Well, for one turn at least. Um, so do you want to talk real quick about, uh, you've kind of done this to some degree so far already, but like how to run tons, not necessarily from a list building perspective, but just from a functional in-game, like how do you use them perspective? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so I, I guess there's a few things that I would say. Um, so one thing that I'll say is that the, um, Tauntauns have a problem that's similar to speeder bikes, which is that if you play them too aggressively, they will in fact just die. Like they're really good, but they're not invincible. And if you play them way too aggressively, they will actually just get shot and die. Um, I think that I've seen some games where people have essentially done this, you know, they've gotten too bold with the Tauntauns, haven't really gotten the results that they needed and have just gotten killed. Um, the I think that you should play them more conservatively than just like oh rush in and just blow them up. Um, but I think that you got you got to kind of know when you want to press in and when you want to just move up. Uh, one really important skill with Tauntauns is using cohesion to get cover. Uh, you can use cohesion to put your second model in a position where the unit will get cover, and this is really important. Uh, if you can set yourself up so that you're getting cover and you have your dodge tokens, it's pretty difficult to damage you. Um, but if you just put your other guy in a position where he's in the open, it ends up being a lot easier to take damage. And I'm not saying I'm an expert at this. I've just noticed that being in cover does actually matter for them. It's pretty important. And they don't get cover from barricades and stuff like that. So you got to think about what sorts of positions you're going to be using. Um, one thing I also think is that a lot of people don't use the Tauntaun guns enough. The guns on the Tauntaun riders are actually very strong. They have two red dice each, and they have sharpshooter one in surge to hit. So this is quite similar to a maximum firepower attack. It's a little bit worse because it does have the factor where it isn't. Um, it does have the factor where it doesn't have impact and it doesn't have surge to crit. But against like normal troopers, it really is a lot similar. Um, so you know you can be in a position sometimes where you can be out of line of sight or in a position where you have cover or you're very difficult to shoot at. You can move out into the ocean, open, shoot somebody, and then move back into cover. So you can do that to kind of cause some problems for people. There's a tactic that I sometimes use called the caracol. Uh, this was a real military tactic that was used back in the day where if infantry had taken a formation that cavalry couldn't charge through, uh, what they would instead do is do like wheeling maneuvers in front of the formation while shooting at them with their pistols. And this is actually like really fitting for Tauntauns. The way that this normally looks is you move forward to get in range of the enemy. At the end of that move, you pivot, you shoot the enemy, 
and then you do your next move where you pivot back the way you came and move back and you end up more or less in your starting position though you often have a different angle depending on how much turn you did but you moved up and took a free shot at the opponent while doing that and this can be actually quite annoying in certain circumstances so you're talking uh sorry you're sorry go ahead yeah you're talking essentially about skirmishing with tauntauns uh yeah i don't really know what the term skirmishing means in this context but yeah i'm gonna go with caracal because that's just awesome it sounds yeah 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 uh i sorry go on yeah i think that um other things i would say about tauntauns tenacity is i think quite important on them i know some people have run them with endurance I prefer them with Tenacity because Tenacity really increases the damage that a lone Tauntaun Sergeant can do by a lot. Um, similarly, there are some situations where, like, if I'm about to charge in, and my let's say it's, like, no time for Sorrow's turn, my Tauntauns have a dodge token and they're in heavy cover, and they're going to be able to charge, and probably they'll be meleeed by whatever they charge or, or, you know, similar sorts of things, or maybe someone will try to disengage and shoot them with something else. Um if I'm in that situation and the Tauntauns are unwounded and someone shoots them and gets two wounds through cover, sometimes I will intentionally not spend my dodge token to increase the chance that I get wounded for tenacity, depending on whether or not I'm going for damage. Um, that's like a little a little trick that I would recommend. And I guess the other thing that I would say about the Tauntauns is um, the comms jammers are extremely disruptive to some units. It's really good against the Death Trooper comms relay combo, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Shore Trooper comms relay combo. It's incredibly good against droids because if you charge a unit of droids um, and you have a comms jammer, uh, and they, you know, if they get put on AI attack, and if they have AI attack, uh, they can't withdraw because they have to punch you, and their punch is really bad also. So it creates an extremely disruptive situation where you get stuck in there. Further, there are sometimes so many models in droid units, especially if you don't have, uh, if if you don't actually attack them, that you can end up in a situation where because of all the droid models piling in, they're not able to charge you with another more powerful unit. Um, like instance, Yeah, like like let's say let's say you move up with your tons and charge one unit, and then with your second action you move and charge a different unit that's undamaged. Uh, if that unit doesn't have, you know, let's say that's a full droid unit with eight guys, you know, eight guys piling into your tauntauns might well mean that there is no longer a gap for Grievous or Dooku to actually charge you, which can be very detrimental to the opponent. Yeah, especially for Grievous, um, Dooku could potentially use force push to rectify that, but um, Grievous doesn't have that option. Yeah. The... Um... Yeah, oh, that's another funny thing. Uh, some people don't know this. Uh, the way that Agile works, Agile does trigger off No Time for Sorrows. Agile does trigger off of the initial move that you get in advanced positions. And ridiculously enough, Agile actually triggers if someone force pushes you. Uh, so you get a free dodge in all those circumstances. Yeah, they actually clarified this in a uh, recent ruling on the on the forum um, that uh, Agile's mandatory, so... Yeah. yeah the force pushing player can't say well i choose not to not to get a dodge token here um that said force push is still decent against them just because you know you can get them out of melee and situations where you might not be so wait a minute wait a minute if i if i force push and then i serve your master well for a move does that mean they have two dodges yes that's correct oh that's gross <laughs> 
The um yeah, agile is mandatory. I think tactical is also mandatory. I think I think did they did they rule on whether you can make them use offensive push? Uh I don't know. There's there was like a, a streamly. There were a bunch of yeah. There were, let yeah. me look at the let me look at the forum. There were a bunch of rulings about this on the forum. Yeah, serve your master and Vader's might both had like extensive sections in there, which is good um, that they're preempting that. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I think those are some of the things that would be most likely to cause disputes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you you can exhaust upgrade cards to use effects while you're moving someone with serve your master well or whatever. So if you took offensive push, you could make the opponent waste offensive push on a unit that had already activated or whatever. But not really relevant to tauntauns because you should probably not take offensive push on them because ram is insane. Yeah. That's <laughs> your endurance. I think is your right. Yeah. You already have inbuilt dice fixing with ram, so why bother with a name token at that point? Yeah, that's right. And you do so you do a mix of com jammers and uplinks. As far as your com slots concerned with the tauntauns. Uh I yeah, I think that I think the the way that I like it is to take two comms jammers and one HQ uplink because that means that on your no time for sorrows turn you can give orders to the two jammers and then pop the HQ uplink to have no time for sorrows on all three of your tauntauns. So just as a final thing for Tauntauns, what um what like setup cards do you think are bad for a Tauntaun list? I think that um I think that well it kind of depends. Uh it depends on I think if you're taking R2 it changes the calculation somewhat, but I really do think you should take R2. Um I actually am not playing the uh I'm not playing Sabotage the Moisture Evaporators even though it does tend to favor blue player. And the reason is that uh, you know, sabotage the moisture evaporators as blue is really good for like a gunline army or an army that wants to sit back. But for tauntauns, that's not necessarily the case. It may uh, it may surprise some people to hear that the tauntauns do not always make their cost back. Um, they are quite expensive, and even though they can do a lot of damage, they don't necessarily always make their price back. Uh, so you don't really want to just be throwing in there in them in there in like points trading games. I prefer to try to get a scenario so like recover the supplies is good because the tauntauns can quite plausibly kill whatever they send into the center. You know, probably I wouldn't want to send them against like, you know, if they have Boba Fett or like if they have Boba Fett or Sabine with Recon Intel or whatever, you probably don't want to do that scenario. But even then, the tauntauns can quite plausibly threaten their like home box carriers, depending on what else they have. Um, breakthrough is incredibly good for tauntauns. Uh, they're really really fast and. There's, the, there's kind of this concept in general where I like to say that the Tauntaun player has the initiative, which is, you know, you're sort of going to dictate the pace of the game. And some people are doing this badly, and they're like, oh, the pace of the game is attack, attack, attack. I'm going to rush in there as fast as possible. And then, you know, they might well just get killed, depending on situational factors. Uh, sometimes with the Tauntauns, what you can do is be like, oh, you know, I'm not going to attack with the Tauntauns yet. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, use my snipers and stuff and shoot the opponent and stall time and then at the end of the game they're not going to have enough time to kill my tauntauns and do the scenario so i'm actually going to start attacking on like turn three or four you know i've had some good i've had some good results with this uh on like key positions in particular it's possible to just be like okay my tauntauns are going to hide and then run onto the point on the last turn and in some cases there's really not that much an opponent can do about that i'll, I'll add to that as well you can actually block your opponent from moving on to key positions with your tauntaun bodies yeah that's true uh units cannot move through creatures uh, vehicles can't move through creatures. Other troopers can't move through creatures. Only repulsor vehicles can move through creatures. 
Um, so, or I guess jump units also can. Uh, I think. Did they rule that? It's clearly intended, but I don't know if there's actually a ruling that confirms that it's allowed. Um, I think that one might doesn't be really the matter. Most recent form thing. Yeah, yeah. And, I think jump does let you go through, but. Uh, yeah, they, actually, yeah, that was in the most recent clarifications. Yes, you can jump over creatures. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, you can screen off most things, including vehicles and including opponents' creatures using the Tauntauns. Uh, you can do some fun things with Cohesion since you do have two models in the unit. That's actually one of the better counters to Tauntauns, by the way, is blocking. Um, I think that some of these lists that you see from Rebels where they're fielding a bunch of ATRTs, it is actually fairly strong in that you can use the ATRTs to try to physically block the Tauntauns' paths to your more vulnerable units. One tip that I would say if you are playing Tauntauns is that in general, charging vehicles is dangerous. Simply, uh, you know, if you're doing it like at the end of the turn, it can be fine. But the problem with charging vehicles is that vehicles don't get locked in combat. So if you're, you're like, even if you're in base contact with a vehicle that's already activated, the rest of their units can still shoot you. And usually that's not where you want to be. Yeah, plus if they're a walker, they have a melee weapon usually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you got any other uh, uh, quick hits for folks that want to play Tauntauns? Yeah, I think that, um, (laughs) you know, it's interesting. I think that the, uh, I think as it stands, I consider Tauntauns kind of the meta defining unit, which is to say that I think that like, I think basically no matter what faction you're playing, you should know what you're going to do against Tauntauns. Like, what's your plan for dealing with them? There are some armies, like even in the Invader League and stuff, where I'm just like, I don't think this list has any way to answer Tauntauns, and if they play against three Tauntauns, they're probably just going to lose. But that doesn't mean that that's always going to be the case. You know, we've seen some of these other lists that have ATRTs to block the Tauntauns. We were mentioning earlier lists that are taking Imperial Royal Guard as like a countercharge element, various other things like that. I do think that... um, I don't think that the meta is Tauntauns only, but I think it's important to either, you know, know what you're doing about Tauntauns or be playing Tauntauns yourself, so to speak. Yep, building a Tauntaun counter if you're not if you're not using them. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you do want to use them, I think they're I think they're actually so it's sort of weird because I don't think Tauntauns are balanced. I think they're considerably too strong right now. Like I'll I'll just say that frankly. Um but I also think that the Tauntaun, like the list that I'm using feels a lot more like a rebel list, like conceptually than some of the old lists. Like if you look at the old wonder twins list, which was basically one of the best, uh, one of the best armies for a while. Um, the wonder twins list doesn't feel that much like rebellion, like the rebellion, like conceptually. In fact, it's basically a gun line where it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, Z six troopers are better than stormtroopers, So, you know, if I fight an Imperial gun line, I can actually just shoot it out with them and try to use Luke to get some results over there or whatever. You know, it's 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 very like head to head. The Tauntaun list, in my opinion, is less head to head. It's more like, oh, you know, I have these snipers and the, especially the one that I have that doesn't even have trooper heavy weapons. It's like, oh, you know, I have these snipers. I have these Tauntauns. You know, I have a lot of mobility. I can pick at my opponent and try to wear them down. I can make attacks in areas that they might not be expecting. You know, I can kind of play that game. And that's, um, you know, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. And it feels more like the rebellion than the previous lists. However, I do think the Tauntauns are too good. I'm hoping that, you know, 
if and when some changes are made, they will keep the uh, they will keep this style of list as something that rebels can do, while hopefully making it not as extreme. I also think that I don't know if you guys are going to have anybody on to talk about this, but I also think short troopers are broken, especially with aggressive tactics. So my hope is for mutual disarmament, where both tauntauns and short troopers are nerfed at the same time. Yeah, it seems like it'd be hard to do one without doing the other. Yeah, I think if you take Tauntauns out of the meta and don't do anything about short troopers, the best armies are just immediately short trooper gun lines. Um, and I mean, we're seeing, like, even with Tauntauns in the meta and Tauntauns being, in my opinion, a strong counter to short troopers, we're still seeing a lot of short trooper gun lines in the Invader League. So it'll be interesting to see how that ends up turning out. Oh, I actually, sorry, I, I know I've been a little disjointed with this. One other thing that I'll say about the cards, the. Um, the like pre-battle cards, you really, really want to avoid Long March. Long March is quite bad for Tauntauns. And the reason is with their high mobility, it's quite good to be doing like flanking maneuvers and going around the sides and stuff like that. Long March gives you a lot less room to maneuver and it makes you a lot more head-to-head. -head. I'm not going to say that Tauntauns are bad head-to-head, -head, but uh often some of their best results can be when you can catch a unit that isn't supported as well and pick something off on the side and sort of kill that unit for free and then like kind of keep going and if it's on long march they have a much higher ability to concentrate their stuff against your tauntauns yeah and that's definitely that's always been true even against like speeder bikes you know speeder bikes have a somewhat similar play style not as um in your face effective as tauntauns but as far as like wanting to have deployments that stretch out your opponent's army. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I sort of want to make, it would be cool to make some kind of lists where you had like both tauntauns and pathfinders and stuff, but I have not made such a list yet. You could probably make it by just like, I don't know, maybe you don't take Chewy and you swap one of the snipers in my current list for a pathfinder unit. You might end up with some points left over though. I'd have to mess around with it. Yeah, that does seem like it would be fun, but, but Pathfinders are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I quite like this. Um, I quite like the the kind of you know rebel play style of this, where you're picking at people from a lot of different directions. I think without I don't know, you know, we'll have, we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens. I personally think Tauntauns are a lot of fun to use, but I also recognize that they're probably too strong at present. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go as the game evolves. Yeah, they're definitely on theme for Rebels. Hopefully hopefully they can yeah. stay that way. Plus, the models look great. Yeah, they really do. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Davis. Um, and good luck in Invader League. Um, luckily, you and I are in separate parts of the bracket this time. So <laughs> if we're both successful, we'll, we'll hopefully be meeting sooner than like round three, which I think is is when we ended up facing each other last last time. Yeah, I think we can only even like I think if we both win out completely, then we play each other in like the semifinal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, perhaps I'll see you there. Yeah, we can both hope, right? Um, yeah. I'm running something a little different. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see if my yeah your uh, your list is your list is very different from mine. Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested to see. Can I can I ask you stuff about your list? Yeah. Is that on? Theme? No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right, dude, bro, bro, what what's up with the Z sixes? <laughs> like, I've seen your list, and I I think the theme of it is cool. I think the it's kind of a classic, like it's almost it's like Wonder Twins except you don't have Leia and instead you have Operative mm -hmm. Luke. 
but I was struck by the fact that I would run a similar list with the DLT 20 instead of the Z6. Um, I think it would actually add a lot to this style of list. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I sort of agree with you. I um, The trouble is like I would have had to cut a couple of things to fit in DLTs. Um, and I also hadn't used them a lot. So, um, yeah, I think, I think when I saw that list, I made my own version. I think it's basically, you have four DLT rebels instead of five Z six rebels, but then you also have R two and then there was something else, but I forget what it was. Yeah. Basically you're cutting like a rebel trooper Z six to upgrade the other ones to DLTs. And then you throw something else in there to make up the difference. Yeah. Yeah. You could do other stuff where like you could drop the FD and take R two and then upgrade them to DLTs. And then you have like some amount i don't know you take an officer or a medic or something yep yeah i mean the short answer to that question is i took what i know um yeah that's fair i do i do think i do think play what you know is a good principle but i also think the rebel dlt is going to be sick then again you know i myself was in the position where i was like oh this rebel dlt list looks good but i've played zero games with it so like yeah it'll be it'll be interesting Yeah, i'm excited about it it's just you know i um Ultimately, I went with something very similar to what I'm used to playing. I don't, I don't get a lot of time for practice games. So, um, yeah. Although I do have last, <laughs> obviously, last season I went in cold with a totally new faction, but um, at least for the- <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah, that worked pretty yeah. well for you. Yeah, no, I'm not quite brave enough. I'm just time. not fond. I don't know, man. I'm just not fond of the lists where I'm like, oh man, Luke has got to roll good saves. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be in that position. Um, you know, yeah, uh, and. If anyone can carry a game on his back, it's Jedi Luke, but uh, oh, yeah. you're right. I'm going to live and die by those Jedi Luke red saves, that's for sure. Yeah, that was actually, when Tauntauns first came out, the thing that I was most excited about them with was actually like, oh, you know, I can play Tauntauns, and I can actually run this as a, um, I can run these Tauntaun riders as, and I can take two of them to replace Luke in like a Wonder Twins list, because I prefer having like, multiple less powerful units to like the one big centerpiece where if he does unlucky you're doomed but uh then i found that the tauntauns were so good that what i really wanted was three of them and no luke (laughs) (laughs) but like two tauntauns instead of luke that was that was what i was starting off at and then i was like you know these are really good yeah, Luke definitely works. I'm going to be interested, though. You know, Jedi Luke, Jedi Luke's very... Uh, uh, maybe you don't want to tell me this. Are you running six Luke's command cards? Um, yeah, I mean, if we play each other, by the time you figure that out, uh, or by the time we do that, that'll that'll be clear. I'm running all six of his cards, so... Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do with that list, quite frankly. It's just like, all right, man, let's go. Yeah, I've actually found... I mean, people are people talk about cutting I Am a Jedi, but I've actually found that to be a really good card. I used him in Ron Robin quite a bit. And, um, mm. I had one game where he made no attacks the entire game and he won me the game. <laughs> yep. so. I think I think that it's totally fine to have one or even two like fairly situational cards because often standing orders at the first turn anyway. Yep. And so that means that essentially across the course of six games, you'll have one leftover card. And I think that's completely fine. I mean... You know, and there's arguments where it's like, oh, you know, maybe you only want to have one of them because, but a lot of games are also decided before six turns, so it's it's kind of complicated. Yep, totally. I personally think that the all Luke command cards is pretty sweet, though. Yeah, it's um, I love it thematically, but he's also got really good command cards. So. Um, yeah. It's on theme and it's actually strong. Yep. That's a good combo. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, man. Uh, good luck. I hope that I see you in the semifinal. Yeah, good luck it'll to you. Be, too. It'll be a few weeks till we know whether that's going to happen or not. But 
Yeah. But uh, no, it would be that would be that would be pretty yep. hype. Also, I think I'm favored against your list, so that's, that's really. <laughs> yeah, I uh, part of it's part of answering the question about my list. Also, is it's sort of a thought experiment. Um, my uh, my goal is to find out if Jedi Luke can handle triple tauntauns basically by himself. I think the answer is probably yeah. no, but I'd like to find out. So. Yeah, I mean, my view is also that the answer is going to be no, just to, you know, put my cards on the table or whatever. But I think that Jedi Luke is really cool thematically, and I hope he does end up doing well for you, because I think that would be like a good sign for the game if a bunch of different styles of lists can be effective. Yep, that's basically my goal. I'm, I'm going to find that out. Um, all right. Well, thanks, man. All right, man. Sweet. Yeah, I'll catch yep. you later. So that was Davis Kingsley, and uh, we wish him luck in Invader League. Um, I actually picked him in my bracket <laughs> <laughs> to, to beat you. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, nice. Well, his list is objectively better. I don't know about that, <laughs> but I definitely think that um, uh, it's advantage versus mine. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Let's put it that way. I think Mike believes he's, he's, so. believe he's favored to overcome you. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. So um, I agree actually with him. <laughs> Um, but we'll see dang it, dang it Kyle I picked you in my bracket don't let me down I mean I you know uh, we also talked with Davis uh, we'd have to it's all the way like the semifinal where we'd even see each other so um, I'm going to take it one game at a time I'm hoping to get to play more than one so <laughs> we'll see alright I don't feel as good this this season um, uh, anyway any final thoughts nope no final thoughts other than Kyle is a liar. <laughs> uh, Can yeah. we name the episode that Kyle is a liar? That's all I want the episode to be named. Jay, oh, make you. it happen. <laughs> we we got to at least turn that into a Star Wars quote somehow. Yeah, your thoughts betray you. There you That's go. Like there you go. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, no, you know what it is. This is how liberty dies. I'm, I'm sorry, Jay. This is that's the quote. This I'm is how liberty deal. dies. We can we can cut that. I wasn't talking. It's fine. Um, where were we? Signing off. All right. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'm Kyle. We're the notorious. Damn it. We're the notorious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, just, just, just patch in a different. <laughs> this is right. how liberty dies to right. thunderous lies. Take Let's go. <laughs> All right, take three. Um, <laughs> we are Goodbye, there. guys. My name's Mike. Yeah, there you go. He, okay, I'm David, and I'm Kyle. And Let's we're the fresh. notorious scoundrels. There you go. Just in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> Stay fresh cheese bags. <laughs> Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.